we have a really interesting set of perspectives to offer. Uh, but we're going to try to, so each of our panelists is going to offer a little bit of their perspectives about the WEA. Um, we're going to keep those relatively short to about five minutes each so that we have plenty of time for discussion. We already saw in that small opportunity we opened up for discussion before coffee break, we could have taken up the whole day. So, um, so we'll try to really protect a lot of time for discussion. Um, so I'll introduce each of the panelists as we go, one at a time. Um, so first up is Farzana uh, Ramzan. Farzana, thanks for being here. She's the Monitoring and Evaluation Specialist at USAID's Bureau of Food Security. And she's been IFPRI's point person at USAID for everything related to WEA for the past uh, three or four years. So, OK. okay. Um, so um, I'll talk a little bit about our experience with the WEA and what we're hoping to get out of the pro-WEA when it's finally released. Um, so right now, as we heard earlier, we are collecting the abbreviated WEA in all of our focus countries in Feed the Future. So for the next five years, we'll be getting more and more data on women's empowerment through the abbreviated WEA as part of our population-based survey. Um, since then, we've also, we were lucky enough to get an early draft of the concept paper that Ruth shared with us on the reach, benefit, and empower framework. And so we've been aggressively promoting this framework <laughs> at USAID, and by we, I mean me and Krista Jacobs, who's our senior gender advisor and here in the audience. Um, and what we started to realize is that we do collect a lot of sex disaggregated data that allows us to assess the extent to which we're reaching women in our programming, to the extent to which we're benefiting them. And that's among our project participants. So those are based on surveys that we collect from participants of our projects around the world. For the Empower, we're collecting data at a population-based level. So it's not among our project participants. It's collecting data more broadly in the geographic areas where we work. So it's different groups of people sometimes, most of the time. Um, so we were really excited with the project level WIA um, when we realized that we might have the opportunity now to collect data on empowerment among our project participants as well. Um, and then we can assess whether the movements that we're seeing in the broader geographic area where we work around empowerment correspond with what we're seeing among our project participants. And right now, that's a gap. Um, so we're really excited about the project level WIA from that perspective. We do plan, like the World Bank and uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, we do plan to integrate the project level WIA into our M&E framework. Right now, we're funding three pilots as part of this um, broader GAP2 project. Um, but we don't yet have a plan in place to integrate the PRO-WIA until it's finally released. But we are eagerly awaiting the tool. Um, and within the next year, hopefully, uh, we can integrate it and ask all of our agriculture and potentially nutrition projects to also collect the project level WIA. So from USAID's perspective, that's sort of where we are, collecting data on the AWIA and hoping to collect it at, on the, at the project level as well. Farzana, thanks very much. That's great. Um, next, so we're going to go straight through and uh, open up for discussion after. Um, next is next up is Jen Williamson. So she's senior director of gender and social inclusion at ACDI Voca, uh, where she manages a global team of gender advisors and oversees organizational equity and inclusion strategies, including ACDI Voca's gender policy. Thanks, Jen. 
Uh, so, good morning. Uh, we at ACDR VOCA, like many implementers, were excited when the WIA came out. Uh, but for us, it was a question of, well, what does this mean? And how do we use it at the project level, not just to measure empowerment, but to design and implement our programs? And so we're very excited about the PRO-WIA. Um, because it's helping move this forward at the project level, but we've been working on this question for a long time. And the WIA was a helpful guide, not only because it gave us uh, information, it gave us data to help us look at priority areas, but it also helped us move that needle forward in a lot of ways. I'm sure many of you have had that experience of talking to people to say, we're promoting women's empowerment. They say, what does that mean? Um, and, and so we often were trying to tackle that, translate it at a project level. What does that mean for the project objectives? What does that mean for activity design? What does that mean for actual results? And so at ACDI VOCA, we've, uh, we've been developing our own project, WIA, in certain ways, whether that was a survey uh, that we were adapting from the WIA or whether it was a qualitative assessment that we were developing out of the domains. And so we're very, we've been experimenting and, and looking at how do we translate this into tangible change, tangible result, and what does that look like in, in terms of changing at that higher level score. So we're very excited to see the PRO-WIA modules because we'd like to see what, what's similar in, in terms of how this module is measuring those changes and, and, uh, and what's the thinking, but also what have we learned and how can we contribute to that conversation and how is, how is IFPRI going to help us continue to move that needle? So um, we've, we've definitely got a lot of questions ourselves about how we measure decision making and control over income effectively. We also are interested to see how this particular tool will help us continue to push that conversation. Um, there are things that we've encountered like uh, how are we looking at non-traditional family structures like polygamous families? Um, because how do we take this tool and continue to push that needle of what does empowerment look like? Um, we're looking at production right now, but uh, this we're excited to see the value chain tool because we've been applying it uh, in, in areas where we're looking at market systems. Um, so, so there's a lot of learning that we've been generating and we're excited to see how IFPRI has been also addressing that, as well as the evolving thinking on the definitions of empowerment as we're looking at agency in, in new lenses, new ways. So, um, so it's been exciting to see the, the evolution of these tools and how we can as a community continue these discussions and share learning. Great, thanks Jen. That's really helpful. Um, next is Florence Santos. She's the Global Monitoring, Evaluation, and Learning Manager at Oxford America and based in Boston and a former, a former colleague in the GAP1 project. Thanks. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say that I'm really delighted to be here. So I thank the organizers for inviting me. Um, so my work in Oxfam America's Global Monitoring, Evaluation, and Learning Manager is basically um, oversee, provide oversight and leadership in um, in the wide portfolio of, of global programs we work on and really provide that oversight on our mail assistance. So what keeps me up, one of the things that keeps me up at night is essentially how do we compare all of these just different portfolios, different, different um, 
um, strategies that we use and Oxfam striving to be a gender just organization. We have a lot of focus on gender justice and in women empowerment programs, but um, and we do have them. We have programs um, that's solely we consider our women economic empowerment portfolio. We also have programs focused on gender-based violence prevention, programs on um, transformative leadership for women. So we have that portfolio. How do we track them and what do we see what works at which context, essentially. And then we also have all these other portfolio of work from extractive industries to resilience and DRR to um, climate change and all sorts of other portfolio where we want, to, where we are also very much concerned about gender justice and um, women empowerment. So we also ask the question of how how do we know whether even even just figuring out are we even gender blind in some of these programs? So there's a lot of interest, and I would say that for Oxfam, we're one of your off-label users, essentially. <laughs> and I would say the two things. One, we're the off-label users where a lot of our uh, country programs, and Oxfam has programs in 90 countries, would essentially get kind of bits and pieces of what, where they think is most relevant for them. Sometimes it's leadership, sometimes it's it's um, resources, etc. And so um, coming from Wea, but so they're not really comparable. And then the other is we're also we're also the second part of us being a user is also um, we're your spin-off user. So um, in our women empowerment, uh, we have a women. Um, Empowerment Knowledge Hub. They've actually worked with OFI as well, um, starting off from WEA and taking it into building uh, uh, empowerment index that's really um, uh, context specific. Because I think what they're really looking for is is the being a rights-based organization, a lot of focus on context on what empowerment means. So I'm really excited for for this version of WEA, which first of all, I think really resonates with how Oxfam thinks of empowerment. The, the three dimensions is already how we think of empowerment. And so, I, you know, we don't have to keep on doing our own spin-off because it reflects our own thinking of what empowerment means. That's really important for us. Um, and then for me, it's like from the measurement side, really looking on as a sector, how could we be having this more and more kind of discussion of big learning questions about what works and what doesn't work. And a big thing for us as well, aside from just knowing about what works with our portfolio, it's also for us a big interest on um, holding governments and the private sector to account. And women empowerment is one of those. And it would be really hard for us to do that if we are not using things like this. So that's what we're really excited about. Thanks, Dan. Making my own notes here, sorry. <laughs> um, thanks, Florence. That's really um, helpful. And I'm going to follow up with you as well. Uh, Next is Anuja Kar. Anuja, thanks for being here. She's uh, the World Bank's Agricultural Global Practice, in the World Bank's Agricultural Global Practice as an economist. She's also part of the Global Agriculture and Food Security Program, where she's the Monitoring and Evaluation and Impact Evaluation Specialist. So, thank you, Dan. Thank you so much. Uh, well, thank you, everyone. Um, uh, 
I would like to talk actually primarily in the specific context of the work that uh, we did, which I will still say kind of a drop in a big ocean from the World Bank side. Um, so it started off with Victoria Stanley's work in Guatemala, where she tried to uh, look into this whole aspect of out-migration and its impact on women's work. And um, we sort of expanded that, Victoria Stanley and Holger Cray, who had sort of conceptualized the work from the World Bank side. And then uh, Sana Lisa and then I took it over for uh, the case of Nepal and Senegal, where essentially we came up with this discussion paper primarily to look into when out-migration takes place, what will be the effect on women's uh, work as well as on various aspects of empowerment. And uh, I would like to mention also we collaborated with FAO and uh, my colleague uh, Vanya Slavcheska, who's currently in SIAD, uh, did a lot of initial thinking around how to essentially use uh, uh, a broadly defensible framework for measuring this aspect of women empowerment. And actually, we st even though we adopted uh, broadly the abbreviated WEA, but we did use some uh, elements of pro-WEA when we started off. And um, so we use the production resources, income, leadership, and time. But if you see the questionnaires, we used, actually, we adopted a couple of questionnaires, which is currently reflecting uh, under the instrumental um, agency aspect of, and also the collective uh, agency aspect of pro-WEA. Um, now, the fact is that, as, as we all know, that migration um, has a strong impact on in terms of um, the intra-household uh, decision-making and our sort of dynamics. And we did find that for Nepal especially, uh, a very strong evidence where uh, migration, if it is, because also migration, if it, it, it is mediated by uh, remittances, it can actually empirically, it can have an impact on certain parameters of uh, uh, empowerment, especially, for example, women's access uh, to groups and then um, uh, their control over use of income. Uh, we found uh, some positive um, effect on especially uh, women's uh, um, access to, uh, I mean, control over the use of um, farm-level income, whereas on the non-farm level, we didn't find uh, that much of an evidence. Uh, there are, of course, a couple of uh, challenges uh, which we grappled with, and we hope that uh, with the guidance of the IFPRI team in the subsequent studies, we will be able to address them. One of them is definitely uh, the fact that how do you track, I mean, we could only uh, interview, for example, the spouse of the migrant uh, in the household. So we cannot uh, really interview both members in the household. And um, also, in a very restrictive, which is I'm sure all of us are currently facing in a restrict restrictive funding scenario, we, it is sometimes very hard to measure the overall um, index. So we ended up just measuring the indicators. And so how do we see, uh, I mean, how perhaps if the team can guide us, that how, how does it viewed uh, when we are w working in a very restrictive funding scenario? And this is also will be more and more applicable as we try to operationalize uh, the Women Empowerment Index in our projects, uh, which again face a lot of funding restriction. Um, how essentially we are going to use this, like when we are perhaps just measuring the indicators in terms of, in, in place of uh, the overall index. So Great. Thanks, Anitya. Thanks very much.
Okay, and uh, next we're going to hear from Lena Salazar. She's Senior Economist at the Agriculture and Rural Development Division at Inter-American Development Bank, um, where she designs and implements impact evaluations of agricultural projects in the Latin America region. So she's got a couple of applications for us today. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for coming. I also want to thank the organizers for putting together this event. I think it's uh, very exciting. And I'm sure that we'll have great ideas to implement the PROWEA index in our projects afterwards. So I'm here with you today to share a little bit about the work of the IDB uh, and the efforts to implement and to measure women's empowerment in our projects, and particularly with the implementation of the, of the WEA, the abbreviated WEA um, in different um, programs. So in the last 10 years at the IDB, we have adopted a more rigorous approach to measure the effectiveness uh, of our interventions. And more recently, I must say that gender equality has been included as one of the um, cross-cutting themes across sectors in our institutional framework. And of course, these include the agricultural sector. So in this context and with the support of IFPRI, we have managed to actively work on incorporating the Women's Empowerment in Agriculture Index to measure the impact of our projects on women's empowerment. So today I want to share with you two uh, of our latest projects, uh, one in Nicaragua, one in Bolivia. So, um, and here I want to acknowledge my colleague, uh, Josie Fassbender, who's sitting with us today. She's the co-author, and uh, any difficult questions go to her. <laughs> So first of all, in Nicaragua, we use the uh, randomized facing and difference in difference approach to measure how women's empowerment was affected by a livestock transfer program. So this project uh, provided vouchers so women could purchase livestock assets and also to receive technical assistance. What is interesting is that the technical assistant provided financial assistance, training on production, uh, training on commercialization. So it was a very interesting approach. And it was given to women by uh, groups so they were able to create these group memberships and associations. So as I mentioned, this program targeted women specifically. So there were small landholders in Nicaragua who faced uh, high levels of food insecurity. So I want to share with you the results. We found that women participants uh, reduced the probability of, of facing disempowerment by 5%, and their disempowerment score was actually reduced by 7% compared to the control group. We also found that gender disparity and empowerment gap within the household decreased by 18% and 10% respectively. As I mentioned, the interesting feature of this program was that women were organizing groups to receive the technical assistance. And we found that actually the empowerment effect for women who participated in these groups was actually larger and the results were persistent over time. Uh, we actually captured four years, so uh, we, we found effects for the four years of the program. Um, the second case that I want to share with you today is the project in Bolivia. Its name is CRIAR. And for this case, we specifically designed with the help of IFPRI and Hazel Malapid was uh, helping us with the questionnaire to design the survey and to capture all the five dimensions of the WEA um, in the field. So this project was a technology transfer program for uh, small landholders in Bolivia. It provided vouchers that partially financed the, the purchase of an agricultural technology, namely irrigation or greenhouses, or storage units, and so on. It also financed technical assistance. So this program was not uh, targeted specifically towards women, but men and women, both small landholders. So what impact did we find on women's empowerment? 
So the descriptive analysis showed that, in fact, women were disempowered. 84% of women in the sample faced disempowerment. Also, the gender parity index indicated that almost 63% of women did not face an, any gender parity within the household. The results from the evaluation show that actually these uh, indicators improve with program participation. In fact, uh, women in the households that receive these technologies reduce the probability of disempowerment by 37% and the disempowerment score was reduced by 66%. However, and I think that's one of the most interesting features of the WEA is that you can divide into the different dimensions. When we went deep into, this, into these different um, domains, we observed mixed effects. Well, first, we find that the program indeed increased women's access to and decisions over credit. It also increased group membership, which implies that uh, women more, were more empowered in regards to the dimension of resources and leadership. Second, in regards to time use, we find that both men and women dedicated less time to agricultural activities. However, only men benefited from uh, more leisure time. <laughs> so, okay, and finally, we find an in, uh, unintended consequence of the project, and that it was rather interesting for us. We found that women from the households that received the program reduced their participation on income decisions. And this was probably caused by the fact that during the first phase of the project, the ownership of the technology was mainly under the name of the male, of the, of the male head of household, which implied that most of the income from this technology was perceived as the male income. So uh, we addressed this issue in the second phase of the project and we promoted a um, joint ownership of the technology where both men and women were owners of the technology and were allowed to receive the technical assistance. So this is something that came from the analysis. So overall, and to conclude, I have one minute, these findings from Nicaragua and Bolivia confirm that agricultural projects affect intra-household dynamics and that can have unintended effects. And these uh, lessons must be taken into account and uh, specifically during the project design, and I think this is very important, not only during the implementation and not only to measure the evaluation, but during the project design, it's very important to account for, for these issues. Uh, this, therefore, as part of the knowledge agenda of the, um, of the Rural Development and Environment Division and in the agricultural sector, we are mainstreaming the WEA across different topics in the agricultural sector. So these are good news for IFPRI. <laughs> and I'm here with my colleague, uh, Maja Schling, and we've been working to mainstream the WEA indicator for uh, land titling projects. And this year we are collecting data on Peru, Bolivia, and Ecuador. So these are good news. Uh, also, in 2009, we'll be implementing the, the WEA for value chain with the support from GAFSP, who are financing an impact evaluation in Haiti. Thank you, Anuja, for the financing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we are very excited about this workshop today. And I, I know for sure that there will be many more projects in which we'll be incorporating the, the pro-WEA uh, at the IDB. Thank you very much for the invitation. Great, thanks, Lena. Thanks, everyone. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kick off the the kind of Q and A discussion portion. We really hope to get a lively discussion going, but I have a couple of questions to just get us started, um, and I'll have more to follow if it gets quiet. I don't think it will. Um, so I'm I'm gonna ask first for um, Florence and then Jen to just 
reflect a little bit. So part of what I was hearing that I think is really um, fascinating, and I think the way a team probably were, was involved in this too, but so I'm seeing that you're using the WEA in part in kind of development of projects and design of projects and in your conceptual frameworks and to some extent kind of weighing it against your own views about gender and women's empowerment and decision making and, and in a way I think it's helping, it sounds like, to further your thinking or you're, you're seeing how it works within what you want to do. Um, that itself is, is an impact of even if you didn't go out and collect data. But so could you just reflect a little bit on that and how it played that role within your organizations or projects and how you sort of see that benefit as compared to maybe future benefits of using it to actually collect data and measure impact? Yes, thank you for that question. Uh, WEA has been important on many levels. Uh, it's been important from the outset, um, which I'm going to make a quick plug for the intervention guide for the WEA, uh, <laughs> which for implementers who are interested in how to incorporate WEA in those ways, please check it out. It's available on AgriLinks or on our website. Um, but it's important from first that, that available data that allows us to do that design process then it becomes important in incorporating it into the selection of activities, as well as that monitoring and learning process, that, that CLA process of, of collecting information to see if we're on track and then adjusting our activities. And it's definitely part of our, our theoretical framework about the relationship not only between what we're doing and, and whether empowerment is increasing, but even the impacts, uh, the unintended consequences and the impacts of that empowerment. For those of us that work in, in this space, um, oftentimes we have to have to look at this from a lot of different angles. And, and we're not only looking at empowerment for empowerment's sake. We definitely want to promote women's empowerment because it's important. But we're also looking at the ways in which women's empowerment has positive impacts in a lot of ways, whether it's a positive impact on nutrition, a positive impact on a market system, or on agriculture itself. So collecting that information, we're seeing uh, whether, you know, looking at increased decision making is having a positive impact on what's happening within the household in terms of nutrition decision making or agriculture productivity or in other ways is really important for us to understand empowerment changes, but then also other ramifications. So to use an example of what we've done uh, at a project in ACDI-VOCA, the Ghana Advance Project, which was funded by Feed the Future, uh, adapted the WEA. We used WEA information in the design, but then we use it in our own monitoring and evaluation system as part of our learning process. So we do an annual survey to collect information uh, on you know, our usual M&E, but also we have a gross margin analysis and we included an adapted version of the WEA looking at four domains. But then we did uh, an analysis comparing increases in empowerment, which luckily we were seeing, to increases in productivity. And we found correlations. If a woman was empowered in at least one domain, it actually correlated to at least a 5% increase in productivity, agriculture productivity, which is important on a lot of levels, but then it goes into our business case, right? So when we're trying to convince people who may be uh, less into the empowerment for empowerment's sake argument, we can demonstrate just how broad-reaching empowerment is. So, and it's important for us to look at how, how important empowerment is on, on many different levels, and we get, can explore further. 
Another case where we were looking at empowerment is we did a, a, an adapted WIA from a quantitative perspective. We adapted the survey in a project, and we didn't score as highly in the time use as we were hoping. It actually showed that time use uh, was, was, had a negative impact. Basically, women were busier. Uh, and so just from looking at the data, we were kind of going, oh, that didn't go as well as we had hoped. But we did a quali qualitative assessment to find out what had happened, where had we gone wrong, because every project needs to learn from their mistakes, right? But the qualitative assessment based on that domain actually demonstrated that it wasn't so much that we had just made women busier, but they were getting a better return on their investment. So they had exchanged the types of activities they were engaged in, and they were actually engaged in market activities versus things they were describing as gossip. And, and so it was really important to have that additional data to better understand how they were being engaged, what they were doing, and what they were getting out of that time use so we could better inform our project design going for, forward and better describe how, what the changes were and the results were in their empowerment. So that mixed methods is really important, as well as understanding how we're measuring and, and what the purpose of it is. Um, yeah, for us, definitely um, the framework, th that's a good description of it. I think it's like building, at least from the early versions of Leia, building off of that framework, because the major kind of push for us to really be looking at um, how we measure women empowerment, especially in multiple portfolios in multiple countries and with very different um, strategies of, of um, and programs on women empowerment. And um, as I was saying earlier, that framework was kind of molded with like how Oxfam sees empowerment essentially. And that's why I think, see, excited to see now with ProEA where we're sort of like converging basically, because I think that it, it's good to, and it's also like that we've, this way of keep, keep to, uh, have kept on um, evolving and changing because of your users and then you're able to keep up with it as well and then be like okay we have more because this is the demand that we're seeing and so i think that convergence would be very important later on because we're seeing what has been working from our end and from different organizations we have that feedback loop and then we're really interested as i was saying earlier about how do we move this as an industry and as a sector so that we have more of more and more about what is working where? And so not just answering whether women empowerment, what we're interested in is not just, look, at least from where I sit, it's not just ha has our program been effective or not effective in terms of empowerment, but we want to know how and, and where and what worked in this particular setting. Um, and so we know what levers to pull, essentially, um, and also what to advocate for. So I think that's really kind of the very, this give, giving us that foundation um, is something that we're, that's been useful and we want to continue to engage um, with IFPRI and others. And then um, I guess the other aspect as well is we also, obviously, not just the, the framework, but we have data as well, right? So it tells us about our, our programs and comparing our portfolio. Um, but then we're also kind of learning about, okay, 
um, for this particular project, what we're really interested in is just to understand this, how the best way we can do this for this particular project. And that's very different from where we're saying, no, what we're really interested in is all of the different comparison across multiple countries in multiple contexts because we have a different because that's more of our policy advocacy and that's more of of just Oxfam that has many multiple projects we want to understand again which which works better so I, I think the answering answering making sure you're using WEA in a way that answers the question you're asking and that it's able to do it um, I think is a big win